1: The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church where Christ is honored and people are loved. You're invited to join us in worship this Sunday morning at either 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Visit LargoCC.org.
2: I'm to behold when He tells me, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. Palms. You see, friends, God sees you in His hands. You're there. Behold, marvel gaze in amazement that God would love and God remember and God would never forget
1: When giving a gift to someone special we'll frequently have it engraved to ensure the recipient understands how special they are In the book of Isaiah chapter 49 God tells us those who believe on him that he has engraved them on his hands and will never forget or forsake his people. Please join Pastor Jack Morris as he explores this awesome truth.
2: Love engraved. And that's what God is. That's who God is. God is love. A dear friend of mine wrote me an email asking me, is God required, listen to the word, Required, that's the word. Is God required to forgive us our sins? Well, when you put love and required, those two words on the same page, one of them has to go. You see, love is never required. If it's required, then it isn't love. And So we, we talked about it, we thought about it, It's sort of a play on words, but this man is a Bible student and he was reading the book of Romans and he came up with this mental question and he wrote back to me, wrote to me and I wrote back to him. But I'm so thankful today that the Lord Jesus going to Calvary was not required to go to Calvary. Oh, love that will not let me go. Not a requirement that will not let me go, but love that has gripped my heart. That love is holding me fast today. We're talking about love being engraved. And friend, God saved you. Took away your sins, put your name in the book of life. And now he has kept you all these years. And I believe the keeping power of God after we are initially born again, the keeping power is just as great as that initial salvation. Because the problems and temptations, and difficulties that come into our life are are more than some of us can really handle and bear. But God has a keeping power not only a saving power but a continuous ongoing saving power that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today and I'm praying I really am that God will open my heart and your heart that you will hear and receive you may be feeling that God has forgotten you I remember years ago when we were starting the Largo Community Church And Corinne was working downtown, taking the bus from Largo, the Greyhound, downtown to the bus station. And then she would walk 10 blocks one way to the Department of uh, Commerce. And then she would walk, at the end of the day, another 10 blocks back to get the bus to come back out to Largo. I was driving over to Alexandria as a homeschool counselor for the public school system trying to keep body and soul together. There was very few people and very little money. There was no salary at that time. And I remember her telling me at noontime, she would go across the street. There was an Episcopal church. and The building was open and she would go in and sit down in the pew and pray on the lunch hour. And we had been praying and praying and it didn't seem like anything was happening. The Largo Community Church was not taking off. And yet we felt to be here. What's going on, dear Lord? And she came home one day and she said, I I asked God, God, do you know where we live? (laughs) Do you know my address, my phone number? Friend, it happens to us all. We all get into those places at times where we begin to wonder, does God know? Now through the years, we've had people coming into the church trying to change things. After we have labored all these years, somebody comes along in later years and they want to change things. Well, friend, if it's working, leave it work. (laughs) Let God be God. This is a different church. God has done different things. The church is not a cookie cutter that we all come out the same way. This is a Bible church. And we're going to follow the scripture and let the scripture bring healing and wholeness to us. There are four words uh, I want to look at with you. It comes from Isaiah chapter 49, verse 16. Look at the words. Here's my really my sermon outline. The four words. Behold, engrave you and songs. Now there's where it comes from. Isaiah chapter 49 verse 16. Behold I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. So there are the four words. I read those words and it came maybe for the very first time. Uh, Like an awesome revelation what God had done for me and was doing for all his people. Those are the words we're going to look at today. Those words were first spoken by God to the Jewish people who had been in Babylonian slavery for 70 years. The Jewish people had built the city of Jerusalem, they'd built a wall around it, <clears throat> fenced themselves in, felt like that wall was going to protect them. Fred, I don't know why, but even Christians sometimes we're under the illusion that, uh, that the, 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 the federal democratic system uh, is, is going to protect us and take care of us. We've sort of built this up around us. And uh, the Jews felt that they were safe. They had built a wall. They had a plan. And they began to disobey God and lean on their own understanding and their own plans. Look out. Friend, just be very careful when you when you begin to think that you have a better way than what God's Word has. It it happens. It happens in a lot of churches and a lot of churches across America are going through very difficult situations right now because the spirit of the system has moved into the churches. It, it's like it's floating in the air and. Churches are questioning one another and and their minister and and it's it's a difficult time. It's a very destructive time. It is like hell has come to the surface and has breathed out its virus. Spiritual destruction even on the churches. And the churches are struggling to stay together in unity. Friend, let me tell you something. We pray for unity, and then we speak out, like Tony Evans is saying, and we break up the unity. In many respects, God doesn't bring unity. There are some things that you and I are called upon to do. And it's called obedience. It's called love. Don't pray, God make unity, and then speak ill. Someone says, well, I'm just telling the truth. Friend, truth, that kind of truth, is not the truth that brings about healing and wholeness and blessing and salvation. It may be truth, but you don't have to speak it out and let it go. On the grapevine. You know, I've never met a Christian who says, I'm a gossiper. I'm a person that speaks ill and points out, I'm only speaking truth. I'm only speaking truth. Like Tony Evans quoted the scripture, your tongue is set on fire of hell. Friend, let's look to the Lord, read the word of God, speak to the Lord. Friend, the person who is praying and talking to God at the throat of grace is not tearing somebody else down by, quote, I'm only speaking the truth. You don't have to be that messenger. <laughs> be a messenger of peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. We read it, we say it, we quote it. But are we Really? Are we really doing it? Bringing about peace. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth. Friend, don't talk about unity and ask God to bring unity when God puts that burden on us. We are the ones that bring about the unity or destroy the unity. God had absolutely nothing to do with the storming of the United States Capitol. That wasn't him. That was people like us carrying banners, Jesus saves. People being shot and killed. Friend, let's be the church. Tell God, you've made me part of the church. You made me a building block. We're either part of the construction crew or the destruction crew. We're nowhere in between. We are one or the other. Come on, own up to the Lord because he already knows where I stand, where you stand in that manner. We will return
1: to today's message following an invitation for you to attend the Largo Community Church in person. This coming Sunday morning, we have returned to a live service in the church sanctuary starting at 9 o'clock and God's blessing as never before through music, fellowship, prayer, and the preaching of God's Word by Pastor Jack Morris. The Church of Friendship and Joy, where Christ is honored and people are loved, welcomes you this Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. Now, let's return for the conclusion of the message for today.
2: Now, let's look at verse 16. Behold. Okay, here, here's something that I want you to see. The very first word of Isaiah 49, verse 16 is C, S E E. That's in the N I V, that's in our, our Bible, that's in the Bible that I use, the, the translation that I use. But in the King James, the word is behold. Behold. Now, both words are correct. But one word is stronger than another word. And it's the word behold. You see, behold simply means to gaze upon. Stop and behold it. Look at it. Enjoy it for a a few moments. Don't just gloss over it. Don't just read those scriptures like Isaiah saying rejoice and all of that. Just don't read it and then... Like you look at yourself in the mirror and then you turn and go away and your visage hasn't changed at all. It's possible to read the word and nothing (laughs) happened. Behold. To gaze upon. To look at intently. To look at and marvel at. It's, It's like looking at a sunset. You see it. But hey, I'm I'm just going to enjoy it for a few moments. Just going to sit here and be quiet, and be blessed by it. Isn't that sunset beautiful? It's like going to Niagara Falls, and you walk out on the bridge, and you look down at the falls, and you think, a wonder of wonders, this is awesome. Let me tell you a little story. My dad and mother. <laughs> don't. My dad. I'll tell you anyway. My dad and mother went to Niagara Falls on a vacation. I, don't, I guess they left my sister and myself with my grandmother. And um, they were back home real fast. They, they weren't gone very long at all, uh, from Pittsburgh up to Niagara Falls. And then my mother said, do you know what we did? We walked out on that bridge, stood there for 20 minutes and looked at the falls. And then my dad said, well, we've seen it. Let's go. <laughs> That's like going to the Grand Canyon. I mean, you don't just see it, you look at it and say, Whoa, this is something else. That's what the word behold means. And when I read the scripture, verse 16, behold, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. Okay, so what? We're engraved on the palm of your hands. Church is over, let's go home. I've had my morning devotions, close the Bible. No, the scripture says, behold that scripture. Look at it for a little bit. No, come on, let's go back and read it again. Now let's read it again. This time let's read it out loud. I'm going to behold that scripture. Friend, no language could be stronger than the language that God uses here to tell his people that I remember you. Whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is, I want you to know that God has not forgotten you. He loves you. He cannot forgive you. Oh, your mother can forget her child, but not God. God has you on the palm of his hands. You see, what more can God say than what he has said. God goes as far as language can go. I have engraved you. I have cut your name in my flesh. It's like a tattoo, but it's cut in with with an instrument, an engraving instrument. I have engraved you. Friend, does that do anything to you? Does that help you in any way? Like I'm reading the Bible through, and I'm in the book of Job now. I'm going to hopefully finish by the end of this year, finish it again. And uh, Job's wife thought God forgot her husband. And those three friends, sometimes your friends really are not your friends. (laughs) They came and began to point out Job's mistakes. And Job may have had those mistakes. But it wasn't their calling to point them out. It was their calling to comfort the afflicted. To love Job. To help him. But here God is saying, I have engraved you. God is saying To the best of his ability, even God Almighty cannot think of a language or a sentence or a paragraph any more so than that. That I have engraved you. How can you forget a person who has been engraved on the palm of your hand? They are ever before you, ever before you. God saves, God redeems, God chose us. This is what God has done. You see, Jesus said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And then we read his word, gloss over it, go through it so fast. I didn't even know that scripture was there. That's why it says, behold, stop a little bit. Hold on. Look at it a little more intently. God is trying to say something to you. And he is saying something to you. You see, The the angels sang at creation. when when you, It doesn't say that God sang at creation. But it says, listen to this, Job 38, verse 7. The morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. But it doesn't say God sang. The angels sang. They shouted. They rejoiced at what God has done. But stay with me now just a moment. Let's go on just a little further. We go over to Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, and it talks about God singing. God didn't sing in creation, but He sings when a soul is saved. Listen to it. He shall rest in His love. He shall rejoice over you with singing. God, you're God's baby. He's singing a little lullaby over you. He's so happy that you have been born into His family. He has given birth to you. Nothing you have done. Nothing I have done. All because of his choosing us. That's what Jesus said to the disciples. You haven't chosen me. I have chosen you. Friend, that statement, does that do anything for you? Linger over it. Gaze upon it. Behold it. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. So read it. Then read it out loud until it gets into you, until your heart begins to say, thank you, Lord. You saved a sinner like me. And why? I don't know. All I know is... Christ is a great Savior, and I am a great sinner. Notice I have engraved you in the palm of my hands. We're coming to this table to remember Calvary. Jesus had nails engraving scars into his hands, not because he was a bad boy and he needed execution and he needed the electric chair. no. But you and I were bad boys and girls. We broke the law of God. Sometimes we didn't even know we were breaking the law of God, but he knew it. But he engraved us in the hands of Jesus on a hill far away, stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. I love that old cross. We're the dearest and the best. Engraved. Do you know, listen to me, friends, When Jesus comes back, he's coming back with scars. He will never heal himself of those scars. I I better be careful now what I'm going to say. But I could put it this way. And I pray God will forgive me if I'm saying it wrong. But Jesus disfigured himself for you. He carries your scars and my scars. When he rose from the dead... He said, how do you know he's going to carry those scars? When he arose from the dead and the disciples were in the upper room, he appeared to them on that same day in that evening and they were frightened and they didn't know it was Jesus and they were having a difficult time believing. Jesus is now in his resurrected body and he says, behold my hands. Here's his social security number, his identification and my feet. And then it says in the scripture that he's coming back again to rapture the church and when the Jews see him his own people who rejected him the scripture says they shall look upon him whom they have pierced. He's pierced forever for you and me. I'm to behold when he tells me I have engraved you on the palm of my hands Uh, palms you see friends God sees you in his hands you're there behold marvel gaze in amazement that God would love and God remember and God would never forget the tenderest and and strangest of affection may fail but God will never fail you no matter what's going on.
1: Isn't it awesome to know how much God loves you and cares about you? I invite you to reach out to Him in prayer with thankfulness and praise. Before we go, here is
2: Pastor Jack Morris with a special invitation. I want to thank you for listening to the Healing Word. I pray deeply that you are finding healing through God's Word emotionally, mentally, physically. You can be part of the Healing Word ministry by praying and giving financially. Others need to hear God's Word and receive God's healing touch, and you can be God's instrument in reaching out to them by supporting the Healing Word with your prayers and financial gifts. Friend, I need your help. I truly thank you and bless you in the name of Jesus for your prayers and financial support. Go to Largo Community Church website, largocc.org. That's L-A-R-G-O-C-C.org for the mailing address and to learn more about The Healing Word Ministries. I'm Pastor Jack Morris. The Healing Word is a ministry
1: of the Largo Community Church and exists to grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. You can make your tax-deductible donation in a matter of minutes by visiting our website, largocc.org. Click on The Healing Word and follow the Donations tab to complete your support of this vital ministry. You can also mail a check made out to The Healing Word to 1701 Enterprise Road in Bowie, Maryland, 20721. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at this same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you.